0: Jen, what's up, my friend? How are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Good. I'm doing really good. Welcome to the Spots of Love uh, podcast. I'm super excited to have you have you as a guest on here. I have like a, a list of people that's coming up over the next few weeks. Um, and then some of, the fa- some of my favorite people to, to talk to. And you're one of those people, so I'm glad that you you agreed to do the podcast for me.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I'm following some pretty big i i just whenever we were, when we we're recording this jess nelson's just came out and you yes. just announced hedge and i know some of the other ones you're doing so yeah yeah it's, yeah it's you're, cool you're part of company.
0: A, yeah for sure you're part of like this um get yeah, some of the people that we have coming up are our secrets um some fans some um that aren't fans but all of them that are coming up are like super um important people not that no one else isn't um but um some of the like especially from the fans viewpoint you hedge and some of the other people that's coming up we've seen your names you guys are like some of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to the franchise and that kind of thing and so uh you're definitely people that others want to hear from so uh, i hope so this next batch yeah yeah for sure um to get started the way that i always start every podcast is uh since the stories are different between each person is just, um, what was your introduction to Barney? Do you remember the first time you got introduced to Barney or maybe your mm-hmm. earliest memory?
1: Yeah, I'm, I've been impressed listening to some of the other ones that people actually do remember. Cause I have no idea. It, he was around pretty much right from when I was born. Cause I yeah. have a sister who is, um, a year and a bit older than me. And mm-hmm. so my mom would tell me this story that when she was, uh, when my, when my sister was coming, um she was in the hospital and and there was a kid in the room beside her and the nurses came to her and said, Hey, I'm sorry, but this kid really likes their Barney video and they're going to watch it again and again. So you're going to hear it. I'm sorry. And her response was what's a Barney. Yeah. (laughs) She had no idea what it was. She had missed all of the hubbubble hullabaloo hullabaloo about it. And so she overheard the video and I think she kind of instantly understood what these people in Texas were doing. And she, got a kick out of the Sally the Camel song the punchline Sally is mm-hmm. a horse. And so when she brought my sister home, she sent my dad out to get some things and one of those among that was a box set of Barney videos and oh, from cool. there we we bought almost all of them. Wow. And then we had we've had yeah for several years they bought almost all of them and then lots of merchandise as well.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So you you your older sister what around what time time frame was this was barney Had barney been out for a few years
1: this was um yeah i was born in the mid 90s so just a little bit before that so barney was definitely established
0: yeah that's interesting um i've shared that's that kind of same i don't remember my introduction to barney either i had an older sibling though who was into the show so it kind of just got passed to me um and i've just been i carried it far longer than he did i think by the time it came to me he was done with it Um, Yes, (laughs) that was that was kind of my introduction, too, was it was already kind of a part of our family. He was born in 92. So like he was born right before Barney started on PBS. So he was right there at the very beginning. And then me Mm -hmm. being born in 93 and growing with it, um, you know, almost from the very beginning. So that's interesting that that's kind of how your story was, too, that it got passed to you from that from that older sibling introduction. Right. Yeah. I it's definitely awesome. stuck around longer.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah. So did I. Um, and you know that I used to imitate the show and things like that, and I did that all the way into high school. So um, I there I wasn't ashamed of it then, and I'm not ashamed of it now either. But I definitely wasn't so vocal about it during my high school years and things like that, because you know uh, the world was a little bit different right. um, when it came to accepting Barney than they are now so but yeah i definitely stuck around with it far longer than maybe most people would have or think that you should have that's for sure um when you so uh did you have or do you have an all-time like favorite um i think i know what your favorite era is which is that very beginning barney and friends era right
1: yeah i would say so yeah that's probably the uh, how do i put this that that that's kind of um they had done the videos, the Backyard Gang series, and so they had kind of worked out all the kinks, and, sure. but every, all the original people were still there, Kathy Parker and Cheryl Leach, and everybody was still around, and so that's kind of, in my mind, that's sort of the ultimate realization of what Cheryl's original vision was for it.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And then as it went on, obviously it evolved, and there were great additions added, but I think those are kind of pure Barney those gotcha. first couple seasons
0: you know that makes sense too when we we always uh as fans we always debate um against all the like episodes and seasons and things like that but yeah that's what i'm saying to uh some of the people i've talked to that's worked on this show is those early years specifically seasons one two and three it was just it was a magical time for one for just how things aligned with the writers that they had the voice actors body actors the producers the art like designers all of that things just the music bob singleton it all just lined up perfectly in a way that i don't think can ever would ever happen again and somehow it strangely happened then so i could see where you would say that very that very early era was what was the barney that especially for them that they all um, imagined him to be up until that point, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't want people to get me wrong. If if we're talking about the TV show specifically, I think the yeah. first couple seasons done under Hit are also really good, mm-hmm. because by then they were they had moved to these larger studios, but they had never really upgraded the design of the set. And so, sure. bringing in the park and having all of these different areas that Barney and friends could go to. Oh, here's the bandstand. Here's the duck pond. Here's a playset. There were all kinds of areas they could explore also changing the location it allowed them to do more about nature and outdoor play so that was really cool and then when it comes to the home videos i have a lot of nostalgia for the ones they were doing during that kind of lyric studios era because as i said i was born in the mid-90s and so those are the ones i remember going to the store and getting this one's probably my very favorite is barney's night before christmas this is the sets on this and the music and the writing and everything it, it just has this wonderful classic christmas card kind of feel but it's mixed sure. with all of the warmth and wonderful wonderful nice feelings that barney gives and so this is a really special video and also like halloween party barney in outer space that kind of stuff there were a lot of really yeah. good ones then
0: cuz they yeah, had the money I,
1: to build all these extravagant sets
0: yeah, for sure. I think the lyric era home videos, uh, that whole—I think those are the best videos, um, home videos when it comes to Barney that we have because mm-hmm. they, yeah, like you said, they had the money to do, and those sets were all like super elaborate and very like creative and thought out, um, which is really cool. I like that you entered in- that you just mentioned um, Night Before Christmas though. I've always said Barney and Christmas somehow just pair perfectly together. Yes, um, it's just something. I mean christmas is all about you know the the thing like spending time with people and all that but it's something magical about that time of the year and then barney is all this magic and for some reason i just think those two just mesh super well together so video like that one even christmas star i mean i think that's why waiting for santa also is such a classic because it's just they just fit well together
1: yeah both of those are wonderful yeah
0: yeah yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that, that's what Barney is too. Friendship, togetherness, love, and then magic and imagination, and that's what Christmas yeah. is. So it's a perfect combination.
0: It, absolutely. You can't go wrong with it at all. Um, when we're talking about the season, do you have an all-time uh, uh like an all-time favorite episode specifically that you like to watch or I Have a visual um, aid for that too. Nice. Fam-
1: families are special or as it was originally titled, a very special delivery. This one uh, this is the season two finale, as people know. Um, this one's got all of the everyone is special message and mm-hmm. the, the the family's just right for me song. And it's got a really nice ending with um, Tasha introducing her baby brothers. Ella Jenkins, if I can show. There we go. Oh yeah, Ella Jenkins was a guest on this one and that was really special. They did a lot of great guest appearances on the second season. For sure. That, that were really, really wonderful. So yeah, that episode, and this is another one of the videos that we had that we watched over and over. And I think this is my mom's favorite in particular. So yeah, that, that one's really good.
0: That one was, yeah, it, that was, that's a really great one. That's my favorite one of season two as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, I think it's because, I don't know, I think the one thing that I remember early on about that video when I watched it um, is just like that, that lullaby rendition of uh, Everyone Is Special. Yeah. For some reason that that's just that episode specifically is the part that I always look forward to. And it's ironic because um Onyx, my the, my two year old daughter, I'm making her rewatch Barney from the beginning because she's uh when my wife turns it on, it's just constant the the live stream hit shows that she's sure. forward do. So it's bad quality, bad at, <laughs> like, bad in general. And Video so,
1: quality. We're not yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not getting yeah, into that definitely. debate yet.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, bad video quality. Um, and so I was like, I'm tired of like watching these same ones over and over again. So <laughs> I made her start from Backyard Gang, and now we're in. We just finished season three, and we're on like those videos that happened afterwards. But when what does she think back,
1: of Backyard Gang?
0: She, she, she thinks of it the same as all the other ones. Like if I, yeah, really, I bring it. Yeah, if, like the even if I bring up the Blue Dog, as we know him to be called, uh-huh. and I ask her who is this to her, it's just Barney. Just and it's the same, and we'll get into it a little bit later. But when I show her like the Barney the Third Barney's World iteration, it's the uh-huh. same. It's the same thing. There's no um, no different differentiating or no difference in how she views them. They're all the same to her. Yeah, um, that's
1: interesting because um, yeah. obviously the Blue Dog ones were out of circulation when I was mm-hmm. growing up. But they re released yeah. like Barney Goes to School and Barney's Campfire Second and they bought my parents bought me Barney Goes to School, and mm-hmm. I they tell me that as soon as Barney showed up, I ran out of the room. I really? was so kind of off-put by how different it looked. Now, when I got a little bit older, I became obsessed with the Backyard Gang videos. I just thought it was... so yeah. Watching that evolution take place was cool to me. But when I was really little, I didn't like it at
0: all. That's that's so hilarious. Because I I um, got introduced to the Backyard Gang, I was like eight or nine by the time when I first found... I don't even know how I found one of the tapes. I think we got it from a like a thrift store or something. Uh but it didn't and I was I was obviously older but it didn't scare me ever um but so like I mentioned this on the comments that we did in the the Facebook group uh, a few Mm -hmm. days ago the way that I would get the kids at my grandma's daycare to watch it and be okay with it because they knew it was something different about it they weren't scared of it but they were just they they just knew something was different compared to the Barney that they had always seen Uh um and so I I came up with a lie and I told them that the blue version of Barney was Barney's dad. <laughs> and, and so then the Barney well, they funny. knew was like the son kind of thing. And so anytime we watched it, sometimes they would literally come to me and ask, can we watch Barney's dad instead? And so I would play the- stuff. <laughs> like that's um, awesome. But yeah, I, it's funny because by the time this airs, Hedge's episode would have come out. And one wow. thing that he mentioned is also him and the kids at his daycare that he went to running out of the room when they would see that character on screen too. <laughs> um, and it's just funny because I didn't have that experience. So it's always funny hearing other people who were who legit kind of were scared of that. Well, um, as, and- as I it's say, weird. when I
1: got a little bit older and I'm talking like five or six, the yeah. library had Waiting for Santa, Backyard Show and <laughs> Day at the Beach was my favorite. And so I would literally, we would return the tape and then I would wait around for them to put it back on the shelf so I could take it out again. I was obsessed with those early
0: ones at that point. Oh Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's awesome. Um when you when you talk about the backyard gang you say a day at the beach is your favorite. Why is that one the fav- the one that sticks out to you the most out of the Well that was my free- favorite
1: when I was at that age. That was my favorite yeah. one. My okay. favorite one now would probably be Barney in Concert. Oh okay, yeah. Cuz that that one again it introduced this version of the costume. It introduced mm-hmm. Baby Bob. It Bob Singleton's music that one was really the point where they, it was like, okay, we're ready to go to PBS. We're ready for this to explode. We've everything is in place and you Mm -hmm. can see the audience reaction to in that video, how much the kids are into it. And so it was ready to explode. So that's a really cool point in history too.
0: Oh, for sure. Cause yeah, you're, you're right. When you watch that, you can really feel that things were, were working the way that they wanted it to, to, to happen. Right. It, It had worked up to that point but like you said, you can really tell that they were ready to take this show nationally, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Just the performance, like you said, the music aspect of it and all of that. It would have been so cool to be a fly on the wall during Mm -hmm. that specific moment in time um, to to see the reaction of this new version of Barney and um, more than just the video that we get to see, which is also cool, but to be to be able to have been in that arena at that time would have been something amazing to witness. I wonder if there's any back, like behind the scenes footage of that specific show because we don't see anything of it. I Wonder if anything exists.
1: There's yeah. yeah, there's some debate about Barney in concert as to whether or not it was an actual concert. There, oh are yeah, some I don't remember who said this, but it was someone who was mm-hmm. in the Barney crew said at one point that it was, um, it was that that audience was actually mostly invited there for it was a oh, video yeah. shoot. So, mm-hmm. so they would actually, if, they, if someone made a mistake, they could stop and re- redo the take. Um, I'm not sure how true that is. I know they were doing Barney concerts for a while and Barney appearances for quite a while before that. So um, they were seeing the audience reaction there. David Joyner talks about the first one he did and um, just being kind of, because by then the the first six videos were out and kids were enjoying them. And so he did an appearance, his first one, I think in December of 1990 or early 91, and the audience reaction was just incredible, and he was just kind of taken aback by that.
0: Yeah, Um, when I talked to Bob Singleton about um, that that concert, I think that is a true thing because he also said the exact same thing. That oh, did he? Yeah, that live in New York City was their first real show that they were able to actually do, and that's why it was so much of a. Of a thing to figure out because when they did Barney in concert at Majestic it was a lot of change the set bring the kid and Barney out do this song then stop and uh you know bring out the next set and do the next set like he he explained it that it was very much segmented into just recording for video um and so he said by the end of that video most of the people have left because yeah you can
1: see you can see the size of the audience change yeah Throughout um, the tape. Yeah. Um, yeah. He might've been the one who mentioned that to me. So I'm yeah. glad to the confirmation on that. Yeah. That's, in- that's
0: interesting though. Um, because I, that until someone like that tells you that you think it's an actual concert and I never paid yeah. attention to the audience much in that way until he said that. And now I can notice it, but before I didn't, and I guess maybe because when I was watching it, just from a stand, a fan standpoint, it was just watching the, the show itself, not really paying attention to what's happening off the stage kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah yeah that's really interesting um let's see here so you we talked about your favorite episode um mm-hmm. you you mentioned early on how um you thought the the early the first couple seasons of the hit era's version of barney um were were good as well just as good as um you know what had came before it
1: i would rank them just below 1 and
0: 2 just below one, and, so one and two is like your top, and then you would put seven and seven eight. and eight. Yeah, gotcha. That's interesting. Why do you put them? Why do you put them before, before like seasons four through six? What do four you through six.
1: When we're talking specifically about the TV show, they yeah. had not to say that it's that it's great. They're all those seasons are all fantastic. Yeah, but they had a lot of writers, a lot of different writers, sure. and. They did on seven and eight as well, but they also had Steve White as the head writer. So everybody was kind of marching to the beat of the same drum. There's yeah. there isn't quite as much consistency with four, five, six. But again, those are and it might just be I didn't I, I didn't grow up on when it came to the TV show when I was really little, the ones that I saw were one, two, three, because that's what was airing on Treehouse TV back sure. in the day. Um, and then for the videos I saw the later ones. So I didn't quite grow up on the four, five, six episodes. Gotcha. And so I saw those later. And so I can be a little more, um, a little more um, analytical about them. For sure.
0: Yeah. You're one of the people in the, um, in the group that uh, is like the most, you're one of the ones that are like one of the most knowledgeable when it comes to Barney and like behind the scenes things, history and that kind of a thing. Um, What got you into that side of viewing Barney where you, where you analyze the episodes and things and you learn about the behind the scenes things did that just kind of I guess my question is did it kind of just cultivate into this thing where you just started to gather this knowledge or did you go specifically there, there the-
1: was a point I think I was around grade seven or something mm-hmm. when I because I I, ha- I wasn't paying I was obviously always I was always interested in what to see what Barney was doing, but I wasn't sitting down and watching the show all the time. There was a point where I got to around grade seven or eight or something where I kind of looked at it and I said, how did they do that? What made this so captivating, not only to me, but to kids all around the world. And so that kind of got me started. And that was around the time that there was starting to form a Barney community on YouTube. And so I was starting to peek into that a little bit. And so that was all fans that wasn't anybody now with history fans we have people who actually worked on it interacting it was just uh, there was like a hand like 10 or 15 people on youtube in the because that youtube used to be more of a social media platform than it is now yeah now it's really just a video hosting site but they used to have you could go on somebody's channel and there would be like discussion boards and all that kind of thing so i would peek into that and then eventually i joined in and um so that got me interested first of all, in the costume and how that worked and how the the taping was done, but also in the educational side, how, what are we doing here um, to make, make this valuable for kids? Because I had seen like articles that mentioned, Oh, it has a hundred or something teaching elements in every show. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what, what are you talking about? And so you, I would look into like um, Dorothy and Jerome singer from Yale did a, lot of studies on Barney and friends I got to I, I got my hands on one of those at one point and I got to read it and that was really really interesting to me so and, and that got me started I did some early childhood education stuff in high school and a little bit in a
0: little bit after that and uh, that's what yeah nice that's that's cool because I, I remember the the YouTube era I tell people all the time that's back when like the best quality of barney stuff we had was somebody's video camera recording the screen that was a lot of them yeah yeah and then they were like you can only do like so many minutes so it was like part two part three part four part five yep. kind of thing. yeah yeah that that was a that was a moment in time for sure
1: just to <laughs> just to illustrate what a different era this was um yeah. drew Sonic Cog, as some people might know him, or Drew Pierce. Yeah. Um, he was doing, at the time, the Jimmy Kimmel bit of unnecessary censorship, where you take yeah. a clip of something and you put uh, a bleep over it to make it sound like something else. He was doing that with Barney, just as, yeah. a, as a as a fun, like, poking thing. And one of those became the number one, or close to that, number one comedy video on YouTube. Wow, so that really? that Yeah, it was on the front page. So that's when kind of and that was when really anybody could hit it big on youtube now now there's yeah. so many steps you have to go through
0: that's hilarious i didn't know that yeah. that i remember watching his videos back then um but i did not know that it became like number one one of the number yeah. one videos well, yeah funny. that was
1: cool because he, obviously he made it known that he was a big barney fan and so people yeah. understood that this was a, a, a poking awesome, at man. it in love but yeah yeah a lot of that's people awesome. liked those videos he did those for a while
0: yeah that's awesome man um You also, so you got your, you said you got your hands on that, that kind of like Yale report when they were um, analyzing Barney and figuring out all those different elements that it had. You also had an opportunity to, um, to interview Steve White as well, didn't you? Back way back when. Yeah, I don't
1: think that's even online anymore. But there, they, uh, yeah, I was, I was starting something. It didn't quite go over, but yeah, I, I did. He did. he, He was very gracious too. So I do have that document. I'm not sure it's online anymore, but I have it if anybody wants
0: it. That's cool. And that was that's before, way before we started to really interact with these guys um, and girls who were involved with this show like online. Um, what's that experience like for you? And it, I mean it doesn't have to be specifically when you talk to Steve, but just even in history fans, if you comment and a guy like Bob Singleton or someone responds or reacts to it, What's that experience like for you having these people who worked on this show that was instrumental in your life growing up now be engaging with, with you on online on these social platforms today?
1: Like, that, how is that it's like? It's really kind of cool because, um, yeah, with history fans, that uh, plush fans came first and then history fans. That's what, and plush fans obviously. It was started by Jess Nelson, who was the mm-hmm. production designer for the first uh, bit of Barney and Friends and some of the Backyard Gang stuff too. Um, that was started by him and so Dan White and Bob Singleton and Bob West and all those people. It was really around COVID when the community really started to expand and there started to be all these other groups and more casual fans coming in, and that's when that's when everything really migrated to Facebook. And so that's been really cool. It's it's night. It's interesting to see. Just I'll just open my notifications at some point. And it's like, oh, Bob Singleton like this, Stephen White like this, Sandy Wolper like this. I, this is real, but it's real.
0: Yeah, for sure. This thing is, uh, is it skipping on your end also?
1: Yeah, I think it's good now.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was doing. Did you get that answer? Yeah, I got that answer. Sorry about that though. I don't know why it's okay why it's skipping like that.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: Um well, yeah, it is it is such a strange thing. Um it's kind of surreal. Uh you know, and I get to talk to these these folks and we we have them help out, um, some of them with, you know, our show that we work on, Clubhouse mm-hmm. and things like that. It's such a strange thing. And I've said it many times when I'm talking to them that, you know, I think we're all really, really um I guess blessed could be the word to say where we get to be part of this fandom, where the people who also were a part of this franchise um, interact with you because you don't get that with many other community groups and things like that. Yeah. Um, And I think that that speaks to um, one, how important Barney is to far more than just the fans, but also how appreciative people like Bob West and these other guys are, that they take time out of their day to have conversations with, with just regular folks, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a great thing. I'm glad, that's one of the main reasons why I'm glad to be part of the community is because you have these folks who really care about um, this franchise as much, as maybe more than we do, um, if not as much as we do. Um, and then care about us as as the fans where we almost feel like we're sort of a family. There's obviously some crazy stuff that happens and you know we have disagreements about things, most sure. of the time all the fun, but um, it really feels like a family between all of us. Um, so it's always a, it's interesting to hear how other people receive those same experiences. Um, so yeah. that's why I that specific question. When we talk about Barney, we know that it got um, a little wonky towards the end, um, the Rip mm-hmm. era, what we call it. Um, you're you're very analytical when it comes to, and very opinionated when it comes to Barney and <laughs> things that worked and things that didn't work, which is always great um, because. You're not just someone who's just blurting out an opinion about something, which we can always do. But you're someone who's you've actually watched these things and you've watched from beginning to end and you analyze what works, what doesn't work, what worked in the past, those kind of things. So you, you it all comes from a, a place of educated opinion. Um, when it comes to the riff era, is there a favorite, do you have a favorite episode from that era that that kind of stands out among those?
1: A favorite episode. Um, So a lot of people know that I'm not the biggest fan of the riff, what -hmm. is called the riff era. You could also call it that 2006 onward kind of period. Um, They were, it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what happened, but they were trying, I think to broaden the age group a little bit. Barney and friends before that was always very specifically for like two to four kind of the hard line i think with those they were trying to maybe expand it a little bit go into some social emotional stuff that Mm -hmm. might be past the the two and up and i think that older audience was well served and barney was well established by then so everyone was kind of expecting two to four and when you do some of those things you can kind of lose the younger kids and i think that's gradually what happened is that they were doing things that were above the knowledge, but, um, and so, or the experience of those kids. And so they were sure. starting to lose them, but I don't want to put them down too much because I know people worked really hard on that. There's, there is a lot of great stuff within that time. Um, so my favorite episode from that period, there was one, just off the top of my head there was one called that's what a mommy is that was done yeah. around se- that was season 11 i think
0: season 11 yep
1: yeah that one that one's really nice because it's about baby bop learning to learning what mothers do and sure. what their job and it, it, it there wasn't too much of a of a plot that kind of dragged it down it was very there was an incident happened and she watches how the mother responds and then she repeats that incident. So mm-hmm. that one was structured very well. And I think obviously mothers parents in general, that's a big thing for little kids. That's like the center of their world is parenting. So, or, or their parents. So I think that one was successful. There were a lot of episodes mixed within the ones that didn't quite work that still were pretty good. So I don't want to bash that whole season, that whole era. Yeah. But yeah. There were some changes that didn't quite help.
0: Yeah, and you know, I um I didn't notice it growing uh, growing up when those came out, which is weird because when they came out, I was well past the age for Barney. Um, yeah, two thousand six, I was thirteen, so mm-hmm. uh, I was clearly old enough to notice those changes, but I I didn't. The the only thing that stood out to me when it changed was now these episodes are are split in two, right? And yeah. Like for me, I think just as a, as a like super fan that I was then for me, I only viewed it as like, Oh, look, man, we get, we get double the content this season. You know what I mean? So like I was more excited that it was split in two. I didn't pay attention to any of the reasonings or, or things like that. The only, and besides that, the only other thing that I noticed was how there was like an absence of kids when it came to season 10. And so I didn't necessarily.
1: I don't know that a lot of people know this, but with season nine, there actually exist uh, two different versions. There was the version that aired on PBS that was 30 minutes, and then there was a 15-minute one that went to the UK, because the hit entertainment was a British company, and the producer, whoever in the, whatever, the the TV station or whoever, said, we really don't want these American kids, so Mm -hmm. could you do one with just the dinosaurs? And so, there are a few of them on YouTube, um, these little 15-minute versions without the dinosaurs, and I think... I think that's kind of. I suspect that's why they added Riff was so they could have another character to play off of if they weren't necessarily going to use the kids as much. So um, I, I think they were trying to incorporate that, and I think at, by eleven the kids kind of come back, and so I think they realized, yeah. okay, that's that doesn't quite work. You need the human kid characters as well.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right when it comes to when it comes to Riff because with him being included, and I'm a, I'm a fan of Riff, um, and we. Yeah, I, we, i'm not not a fan know, of
1: riff 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 is completely yeah. offensive
0: i think the fans are fans of riff when it comes to voice actor body actor and that kind of thing but just the definitely addition yes. having this extra dinosaur for what seems to be no reason is kind right. of what, where people kind of draw the line especially um, when they
1: I, brought the kids back it kind of felt like okay what do we do with him
0: that was very he crowded, he, he, yeah, he
1: as it went on he was
0: gradually they were
1: not making merchandise of him and he was disappearing from the he wasn't being put on the covers or all of that yeah. kind of thing so there was kind of a thought of okay now that now that he we don't ha- need that anymore what do we do with this character for sure
0: yeah, yeah. um i i always say i wish that they would have that he would have had a better chance to succeed in that show because i yeah think, like you said he was just kind of almost just like a, well, let's just toss this thing in here um, to fill mm-hmm. the void of what's missing. And so you can kind of see that. He didn't really have much of a character. Uh, he just blends in with... I mean, he's basically an orange version of BJ in a sense. Um, yeah,
1: he's kind of a perfect mix of BJ and Baby Bob.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they could have... Adding a new character, You could they could have done so much more where it would have made him more of an important element. But you can yeah. tell that he was kind of just created from that from that point of like we just need to put something in here to fill this this missing piece which at that mm-hmm. time and were those kids they were there but they were like all extras in a sense they would just come in and disappear during songs and things it was just very they weird. would literally
1: run in during a song and then as soon as the song was over they'd run away it's like what yeah isn't barney supposed to be imaginary who's
0: who's why is yeah. he here who who brought him to life here yeah yeah why'd you just abandon him in the in the park <laughs> yeah um, it's, it's weird to just see him stroll in. Yeah, I never liked that. I did like I liked that um, when season eleven came around. They did half and half, so he would sometimes just show up, and then sometimes on that first half of the episode, he would he would pop up again. So I yeah, I think that
1: they it. they would do that on the A segment.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think
1: in almost all of them they do it on the A segment.
0: Yeah, and I like that they started to introduce that back also during uh-huh. that time. It was like. Yeah. It just didn't. It didn't serve it the same way. Um, even with season nine, for him to pop up during the theme song, it just always felt weird to me. Mm. Um, so I'm glad they they went back to that. Even though when they went back to it, he took forever to pop up. Do you ever notice how lo- how much longer it took for him to to form? Then yeah, that and- was kind of throughout
1: the hit season. They 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 added the extra sparkles. I kind yeah. of wonder if that was because maybe they. When when Hit got it, maybe they did some tests and said, "Well, may- this it happening so suddenly. Maybe mm-hmm. if we give kids a little more time to process, Barney's coming to life. Add those extra sparkles." Yeah. I- I'm not sure. That's that would be something to ask, uh like a Jocelyn Stevenson or something. But
0: yeah, that would be a co- yeah, that's a cool question. I- I'm gonna write that down just in case I ever talk to these kind of people because I've always yeah. wanted. I made a joke video. I don't know if you remember it. It was I think it was last year or something. Of like, I compared like the the beginning of season one two or three Barney or whatever popping up and then for a hit I kept putting in like these gifts of like people just waiting like the four hours later thing uh-huh, yeah because like all right at any point he's gonna pop up like let's just let's get this thing rolling along if, um, if you're used
1: to the old way it's like okay come on
0: yeah <laughs> yeah let's get let's let's figure this thing out um let's do you uh you have I'm surprised you're not sitting in front of it right now you have a pretty good collection of Barney items. Yeah, right?
1: I, I was trying to set it up so I could be in front of my collection. I couldn't... The, the, the lighting where we're in that room is not particularly great, but yes, yeah. I um, unfortunately, most of the stuff that I had in early childhood is gone. Mm-hmm. Actually, pretty much all of it is. But um, when... I was born in the mid-90s, so when I was in high school, it was a lot easier than it is now to find Barney stuff at thrift stores. Oh,
0: sure.
1: And so you could go and so yeah i was able to with like allowance or pocket change or whatever i had was able to just walk in there and grab uh, a mass a pretty good collection so i've got all of the also at that time around the time the show was ending the dvds started to become like they would pop show up in bargain bins and they would show up at the dollar store so it was really so i have all the dvds i have um a good number of the I have all like the major, major release videos. I'm missing some of like the time life ones and some of those other things, but I have, a I have most of that. And then I've got a lot of the books. I've got a lot of, uh, I've got a lot of plush. I've got all kinds of stuff. What's
0: the, uh, what's the rarest item that you own? Do you own any rare items?
1: The rarest item, actually, it was kind, it might've been a year or two ago. I was in a thrift store and I found just hanging on the wall. That's, I wish I had brought it with me. That tenth anniversary Barney. Oh yeah, that really woolly one that you can like wow. pose. I don't. I that one rarely even shows up on eBay.
0: No, yeah, you but I found it really. for five
1: bucks, and so
0: man, that's a that good was, deal. that was an
1: incredibly lucky find.
0: Yeah, seriously, I've been looking all over for that one. That's one of the only ones I've never owned, um, yeah. aside from the gun dolls. And now I have, I have those. You've got and two I, of them, yeah and that's i found awesome. them in the same week on ebay which doesn't happen you can't find them ever and so like to find two of them in the same week on ebay was kind of weird did um, you get them
1: together or did, were those two separate listings they were
0: two separate listings by two different people and i bought wow. i paid $100 for each
1: that's awesome
0: yeah it yeah. it was so it was so strange i i didn't want to buy the second one um but i was like this is such a strange thing this usually doesn't happen so i i went ahead and and just bought both of them um i might end up doing a giveaway or selling the other one or something at some point. Um, Cause I'm not one of the, I'm not one of the collectors where I collect a bunch of the same things. Um, like for me, I feel like if I just have one, then, you know, that's good enough. Um, yeah. The season, the, the anniversary for the 10th anniversary one, I've looked everywhere for, I can't find it. And Andrew, he just found one brand new, like still in the box. Um, yeah. His collection, which is insane. I don't even know how he found something like that, but. I don't
1: know how Andrew finds most of his stuff.
0: Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> I mentioned it on the, um, on the podcast that I did with him and Kaylin. Um, uh-huh. The way I found out about Andrew is when he bought the Barney couch because I was right yeah. in the, the beginning stages of Mr. K's Clubhouse. And I, yeah. I saw the couch and I was going to buy it and put it in the show because I was like, this would be a cool kind of like piece. And yeah. when I messaged him, they were like, oh, someone else just bought it. And then Andrew came out of nowhere with it. And I was like, oh, look, this guy has it. <laughs> um, and we've had a few of those moments where. I almost buy something and then Andrew beats me to it kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how he, how he gets his hands on a lot of that stuff or how he comes across it, but good for him. Cause he has some really, really, really good things in his collection um, yeah. to have. I have some other rare things now um, that I've been able to collect, but I was never a collector of rare. Like when I started collect- doing my collection again, I was like you as a kid. Um, the only thing that I had from childhood was my, was my videotapes. Um, mm-hmm. Because my grandma, she would go to the store, and if she saw a new tape that she didn't recognize, she would call me and ask me, like, "Well, this is the name of this one—is that new or not?" And I would tell her, and she would buy it. So I had every video release um, that was ever released to stores, all the way uh-huh. up until they started doing those just redundant clip show. Video. I think the last clip show video I bought was uh, "I Love My Friends," maybe, um, and then I stopped buying anymore. After that was that.
1: the last one, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, um, and then but then they did the. They weren't clip shows, I shouldn't say. They were like just compilations. The episode
1: compilations?
0: Yeah. I didn't buy yeah. those. Like, let's go to the moons and pur- purple, perfectly purple day and all those. Because I was just like, I already have them like on VHS tapes or things like that. Uh-huh. Um, but I started to collect because when I found out I was having a daughter, I wanted to have something to pass down to her aside from just the tapes. And so yeah. now that's why I kind of have this collection behind me, which is on the floor and everywhere right now. Yeah, um, that's awesome. So it's kind of fun now to be to be kind of a collector and find some rare items, but that was never like in my initial plans um, to do that. Uh, do you? Let's see. You said you have almost all the timeline videos. I think I have almost all of them.
1: That's cool. I've got. I. I, I yeah, there's twenty of them, right? Yes, I think oh, I have tw- thirteen or fourteen of them. Oh, Something's that's awesome! Like that. I have every- to look at a list, but I think I have most of them.
0: Yeah, I had every single one as a kid, and then my oh. um, my grandma and grandpa misplaced them, and we've never found them again. So I had all oh, of them no. at one point, um, and they were the only ones out of the entire collection of VHS tapes that I had that just somehow mysteriously just disappeared. That's um, a
1: shame, because some of those yeah. are really rare.
0: Yeah, seriously. And yeah. I actually, um, my grandma has an in-home daycare, and there was a kid who was going to the daycare who had them, and she had grown up. She decided she was done with Barney. And uh-huh. so she gave them all to me. So she had the whole collection and then they were gifted to me. And then somehow we thought they were in the garage for a while, but we've gone through so many times and have never been able to find them. So we have no idea oh. what happened to them. Um, I hope
1: they're still around because that would be that'd be cool to have all of them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you're you're someone that collects, you collect different versions of the same video, right? So you have like multiple copies of of certain videos. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. um, So I kind of at at this point, because it's getting harder to find Barney stuff, I do kind of if it's not like if it's if it's only a couple bucks or something, I'll I'll buy it just to just to have backups of them really videos and videos are really the only thing that I buy multiples of For intentionally sure. just just to have backup copies there's a preservation aspect to that as opposed to like I'd say plush toys or something and then also the books because I have um I have a two-year-old nephew and uh, is, she, is she 10 months now she is 10 months niece and so um, before they were born I gave my sister a big collection of Barney books and they're enjoying those so I, do, awesome. I I do try to get all the books because obviously little kids will wrestle with them and so for sure. I want to have backups for them.
0: Definitely. Um, let's let's talk about this new thing for a little bit. We all know this Barney world, Barney's world, uh, show is apparently supposed to be coming out next year. Uh-huh. Um. I like I, I think I've told you before, like I I vow to not talk about the show. The only time I talk about it is um, if we're doing like the podcast kind of thing. Until, I try not
1: to, too. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I think we share that commonality until we start to see something like formulate with it where we can really base opinions off of. I just kind of mm-hmm. leave it alone or almost ignore it in a sense. Um, what's your what's your thoughts on? Uh, and I kind of know what your thoughts are, but for those who may not have seen. Your comments on social media and things like that when it comes to barney's world what's your thoughts on this new version um and what it seems to from just the the artwork that we have and kind of the basic synopsis what it seems to be um formulating with this new version of barney what do you what's your opinion on that
1: yeah um so first of all the announcement was a complete surprise to me because it's been so many years. And there was a reboot that was supposed to come out in 2017, was it? Yeah. That Night Story was behind, and that didn't happen. I kind of thought, okay, that ship has sailed. And truthfully, I was under the opinion that we don't really need more Barney and Friends. Because, again, this is for such a specific age group of very young kids. and so, And all the old stuff is on YouTube. It's all been very well preserved by the fans. And there's stuff on streaming as well. There is more than enough Barney content to sustain a little kid through that. So I I wasn't expecting this at all. When I first saw the redesign, my thought was, this looks like something they would have tried like 10 years ago, and by now would be a complete... Nobody would even remember it. Because, you know, (laughs) there's nothing new under the sun. They... They've done this before with other properties, not Mattel specifically, but they there was a VeggieTales relaunch like 10 years yeah. ago that, where they redesigned everybody, and that completely bombed. There was a Bob the Builder one where they did the same thing, and it fell off the face of the earth. That's kind yeah. of what seems to happen with these is that there's an initial backlash from adults who grew up on it. It comes mm-hmm. out. There's a bit of a consumer products push, and then it just kind of disappears. Nobody really – everyone goes – kind of forgets it exists. And with those two brands specifically, they've actually if whenever they do market those characters now they've actually reverted back to the original designs because those new ones were so disliked. So this seemed like an idea that they would have tried back then and wouldn't have really worked. When it comes to I get my my thing with this is I don't understand why they would want to redesign him so drastically and make all of these changes because it's, it's not like what, with, 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 with something that exists for adults, there is that interest among adults of, Oh, how's this person going to interpret? This is something for very little kids. So I'm not talking about the Daniel Kaluuya thing. Maybe we'll get that with that if that ever happens, but with this Barney's world thing that we know is coming, um, Parents are looking for things that they grew up on, and mm-hmm. grandparents are looking for things that worked for their kids. And so making it so different, I don't, why even reboot, why not just create a whole new batch of characters if you're going to do that? When it comes to relaunches of kids' properties, for especially for the preschool set, the, the one that I kind of get the impression has been the most successful has been the blues clues relaunch and when i when i saw that i was kind of hopeful because that was that was done with the creator of blues clues and with the original hosts of blues clues are part of it even though there's a new official host now um that seems to really be a striking that nerve of well here well we're going to we're going to bring this back and it's just it's pretty much like you remember it. They redesigned blue, but it, it, it's it, it was really just to transition it to 3D. It wasn't really yeah. it's not that different at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm not quite certain if this is going to work quite like they intended it to. The other thing that when I saw the press release and it was all right away it was all business language. Yeah. We're, we at Mattel, we're looking to expand the depth and breadth of our IP portfolio. It just it kind of seems cynical to me. Mm. And look, I, I I we don't know what we have very little information. Really all that we know is what Barney looks like and that they've changed yeah. BJ's name, which is it's funny and it's also ridiculous. Um yeah. we really don't know much about what's going on. So I kind of want to address two groups for a second. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of the you know, this is ruining my childhood kind of thing. Yeah. In the Barney community. But just in case this isn't interfering with your Barney. Your Barney still exists uh, again on YouTube. You can still get most of the videos and the DVDs pretty cheap. So you're you can watch your stuff and you can have your old plush, and you can do all of that stuff. So your Barney doesn't go away just because this new one's coming out. Right. But what I also want to say is that I feel like there are going to be people who maybe feel obligated to support this just mm-hmm. because it's quote unquote, the official version and you, I, you really don't have to, you don't have to acknowledge this as Barney. You mm-hmm. don't, if the trailer comes out and you're just, and, and you just kind of go, eh, this doesn't look like anything. This isn't what Barney's supposed to be. Then don't, don't watch it. You don't have to acknowledge it. You don't have to buy the merchandise. Now I'm going to be watching it because I'm, I'm just too curious to see what they're going to do. And I try to keep up with kids TV anyway. But Mm -hmm. um, if you're not interested, you're not interested. I'm not even calling it Barney yet. I've been calling it. If you're, if you're in the groups, I call it the creature because I feel like it has to earn that title. I'm not terribly impressed with the idea that 10 years ago, A mega corporation bought Thomas the tank engine and by consequence got this other property that they're now trying to capitalize on. Right. This isn't Barney to me until they've proven that it's worthy of that name.
0: For sure. I, yeah, I like that. I like that viewpoint. Um, part of me is optimistic and it's because of, like you mentioned, Blue's Clues. Um, it's, it works because it's the same formula that it's always been. Yeah. Um, it, and that's a new version that works today. Like you said, they changed Blue, but Blue really, yeah, just got switched to CGI. She's the exact set. She doesn't look different at all. She's the same yeah. dog, different animation. The, the, um, the other
1: thing that, not to cut you off, but the other thing yeah. that did come out was um, there was a document that leaked out of Mattel that outlined mm-hmm. some of their plans for some of their IP, and Barney was in that. And one of the things that that document said was Barney is a friend and not a teacher. Yeah. And it's like, well, that the educational side of barney that's the backbone of the series i don't know how it would what the purpose would even be um without that now what i will say is barney has been absent from pop culture for so long that this will be the this barney will be the first barney that a lot of kids know and so yeah. if they do go in a totally different direction and maybe even like the riff seasons they try to court an audience that's a little bit older it won't be it might not be as disastrous as it was then just because there really isn't an expectation so they kind of have a fresh start in that regard but mm-hmm. i think it's pretty it's become pretty evident that this is going to be something completely different from what it was in in the yeah. first place
0: yeah and one of the arguments that people always say is like oh well barney's not supposed to be animated in that kind of thing which yeah i, I can see that argument um, but then I look at shows like Daniel Tiger um, and Don Quixote, which are Daniel Tiger's not new anymore. Um, but, but Don Quixote is a fairly new show that are both by the Roger Mr. Rogers Foundation Fred Rogers uh-huh. Foundation. Um, yeah. and they're both characters that Mr. Rogers had as puppets on his show Don Quixote as well as Daniel Tiger. Um, Daniel Tiger is like a pretty much an animated Mr. Rogers it's not it's it's different because it's animation it's not Mr. Rogers himself but the elements and things that that show taught are in that are in Daniel Tiger. Um, Uh And I feel like people would get over or be a little bit more um, willing. And it's, it ties into what you were saying, being a little bit more willing to appreciate or accept this new version of Barney. If they keep who Barney is intact, if it's just an animated version of the shows that we grew up with, you know, um, keeping who that character is to his core alive and intact, it won't be so bad. Um, but yeah, like I've... we saw on that on that document, he's a friend, not a teacher. I think that's why that that first reboot didn't work um, that they were trying to pitch, which I believe was supposed to see him as a baby.
1: That was uh, Vicky Sterling who told us that, right? Yeah. He was one, of, one yeah. of the
0: editors from Barney and Friends. And I think that's why that doesn't work because um, I, I think if it doesn't work where Barney's a baby, it's not going to work where Barney's like a six-year-old. Um kind of yeah, thing, and We
1: right? don't know for sure that that's what they're doing, but that's what the design were, kind yeah. of
0: implies, yeah. Exactly, yeah.
1: I wouldn't um, be surprised because, you know, obviously Paw Patrol now, and there's a lot even what they're doing with Thomas the Tank Engine, which I yeah. also don't like that one, but um, mm-hmm. there's a big focus on kids as the characters and the big wide eyes and all of that stuff, so I think that Winnie that's probably movie. where it's going.
0: Yeah, and we just saw that with the Winnie the Pooh movie that just came out, which is that, that exactly Yeah, movie.
1: that too. Yeah. um
0: yeah so it's interesting um i'm like you i am gonna i'm gonna watch and i have you know if if onyx and um my, my uh cairo he's only a month now but if he if they like that show when it comes out we'll watch it maybe mm-hmm. if, if it's something very much like what paw patrol is and that kind of thing i i won't turn it on even though i you know i'm a fan of barney and that kind of thing if it's that right. same vein of a show I won't even let
1: them watch. Yeah, wait, wait, wait to see it before you decide if
0: it's good for your kids or anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that hopefully they do something right with them. I can accept the drastic change of the looking thing if they do right by the character. Um, I hope
1: this. I hope this part of the podcast ages terribly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do I. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I mean, let's. I just hope that they don't put this thing out. And it bombs, and then it can't really destroy the franchise that came before it. But it could, it could be a little detrimental to just who Barney is as a character. He already isn't very well accepted as much as like I think he should yeah. be. Selfishly hurting, hurting the reputation, kind of. Yeah, I'm hoping that's yeah. not something that happens with him. Um, but, but we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Before we finish this whole thing up, um, every yes. episode we ask uh, the guests to bring on an item um, or a few, a couple items. It just depends on the person that mm-hmm. uh, some Barney item they own that that they hold near and dear to them, maybe more than their other items. Um, what item did you bring, and just explain why that's the the item that you chose?
1: Yeah, I brought two. I've noticed a lot of your guests have been bringing two. Yeah. Um, so I brought one of them is uh, well, here it is. So this is – I mentioned that a lot of my Barney c- collection, my original from when I was very little, is gone. Mm-hmm. This is the one thing that I still have, this plush, from when I was little. And there are – I should have – if I had more t- – if I had time, I would have dug them out. But there are photographs of me with a Barney, and I'm pretty sure it's this one. We were oh. We were moving um, most of – I was about 12, I think. Most of my collection was already gone. But we went to mm-hmm. a storage we – we had a storage locker, and this was – In there. And you can see his eyes are kind of worn out. He's, yeah, the the material on his teeth is going. So he was well loved. And so I found him in there and I kind of just snuck him away. (laughs) For whatever reason, I felt it necessary to tuck him away somewhere. And, uh, but he survived the trip and now I have him and I take very good care of this one. Awesome. The second one is actually a picture and this is a little more, this is more recent. So here it is. This is. Oh nice. Oh, let me just going to get situated here. That's me in the center. And then there that's Drew, who I was talking about before. Awesome. And that's Jeff Street. And we are at the uh, Day in the Park with Barney at Universal Studios. This was taken in 2016. Those two awesome. are some of my I, I met them like in that early Barney community. And they're some of my closest friends. And so we all got to come together um, and Go to Universal Studios, and we saw the Barney Show a ton of times, and yeah. we got to hang out for a week, and that is a very precious, special memory for me. So I am,
0: awesome. yeah. I remember when you got when you guys finally did connect and did that. I remember seeing pictures and things like that. Um, yeah, at that time, that's that's really awesome. I'm glad that you got that experience. I never. Um, is that the only time you ever saw saw Barney live? Was there in Universal, or have you seen it? Yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. That's the only time. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to uh, ever make it to see any... Well, the only show I've seen is Birthday Bash. And I've said this in a few different podcasts where I forget because that show just... The show itself just wasn't good that I forget mm-hmm. I even saw it. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm always envious of, of people who get to see Barney live, but more specifically, those of you who've been able to go to Universal Studios and have that experience, especially now that it doesn't Yeah, exist.
1: it's really sad that it's gone because they mm-hmm. were so nice to us the staff yeah. there and mr peekaboo they made sure sh- th- we were obviously coming back and we were in that mm. picture we're wearing barney t-shirts and so yeah. they made sure that we got a lot of time with the characters and they gave us awesome. they gave us v- extra special treatment they went above and beyond and they did that for the kids and then for every older fan who came uh, that i've ever right. seen documentation of they did that for everybody and that they really went out of their way for everyone, so I'm I, I'm sad that more people don't get to experience that.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and and that, that helped. That shows that um, there were people out there who weren't necessarily part of the franchise itself, but still kept the magic of who that character was alive for um, sure. With those with those uh, kids or older or older fans that came in to see. Um, did I ever tell you that I I had the chance? I was lined up to audition for Universal Studios for Barney. You've mentioned
1: it. I don't, I'm not sure you've ever gone into detail about it.
0: Yeah. So I, it was, um, it actually was 2000, 2017. Um, they were looking. Okay. For, they were looking for new for new body actors. They were looking for for Barney specifically, and then a couple others for um, a Halloween. They did like their Halloween fest thing or something there. Uh-huh. Um, and my my parents, my mom and uh, stepdad at the time. And my two younger sisters were flying to Florida for a family get together with uh, my stepdad side of the family. And I lined up with universal to go, um, when I, cause I was going to try to tag along with them and go do that while they were doing whatever they were doing. Cause they were visiting universal studios and Disney world and all that stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. and I, had it, I had it lined up to go, um, lined up with them to come in in person and audition. Um, and, uh, my my family didn't take me along. <laughs> like we, oh, it was a plan to, to take me, and then they then they decided that they they weren't taking me anymore. Um, and so it, they only got enough tickets for just for just them. Uh, uh, and so I I missed that opportunity. But I I was scheduled to go in like the next day of us flying in to audition to to be hopefully be uh, Barney there in Universal. So it's yeah, one of my one of my sad stories where I'm like, oh, I wish I would have been able to make it down there because um, yeah. I was at a time where um i mean i was old enough but i didn't have money saved to just buy my own ticket and kind of do or else i would have just flown there myself sure Um, but yeah i i always kick myself because i'm like i wish i would have been able to make it there and who knows if i would have made it or not but i had been doing local birthday parties you know for free here anyway Mm -hmm. so i just thought like well i've been doing this thing my whole life maybe i mean how hard could it be you know so right um, I wish I would have made it there. I had that same kind of that same experience with uh, with Birthday Bash, too, when they were auditioning for their second leg of the tour. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't like the show, but I was like, this would be a good <laughs> a, a door in to like play Barney. And so I was lined up to do a video uh, thing with them. And my mom had some health issues that I had to miss the video audition with them. Um, and they were like, because that was V Corporation, so they were producing the Sesame Street Lives right and they they invited me to instead since i missed that to instead uh, they invited me to audition for big bird on Sesame Street live and at that time i was like no nah, i only want to play Barney. i don't want to play Sesame Street <laughs> and so i didn't i didn't do it and now i kind of wish that i did because who knows where you know i could have had a career in costume characters or whatever i like where i am now though but uh-huh. i always think sometimes like i wonder what would have happened if one i could have made one of those two auditions or if i went ahead and just auditioned for for Sesame Street Live, where I would be right now. Who knows? Um, yeah. But those are kind of two, uh, my two stories of missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. So um, before we before we finish up here, I always ask everybody the same question when we close it out, or kind of the same question. Um, and so I'll ask you, why? Um, simply just why Barney? Why do you think Barney has stuck around in your life for so long? Why do you think we need a character like Barney in the world that we live in?
1: You know, I've I've thought about that. I'm really not sure. Mm-hmm. Um I look, I, I guess it just made that impact on me when I was really, really little and I and I just didn't want to let it go. Barney sure. is a very Barney Cheryl Leash would always say that Barney was created for kids and he exists for kids. Sure. And so he was kind of the perfect combination of big lovable playmate and mm-hmm kind of guiding figure, gentle, uh, gentle, loving figure, uh, yeah. comforter, comforting figure. And I think it was that perfect marriage of those two things that really made it stick for me. And so, yeah. I don't know, just being just personality I have, I guess, I, I just, just wanted to hold on to that. Even sure. even when even when I out you know initially outgrew it for a little bit, I, I was still I, I never really outgrew it, but I was always interested to see what Barney was doing. And so, yeah, I, I think it, it was that kid centered mm. kid centered approach completely aiming it to them and catering it to them that really made it stick out among some of the other things that were around at that time.
0: for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. for me, it was more of like a just a safe space. I spent a lot of time with Barney shows and videos, cassette tapes and things like that than I did um, any other show. And just in that moment, you just for me and I mean, I can watch the show now as an adult knowing these are costumes and things. And sometimes I find myself watching it almost from like that kid viewpoint where to me it's he's like that's an actual being on camera, not someone in a costume. I kind of think that out sometimes not all the oh. time but sometimes i find myself getting lost in it and i think it's just because uh, as a young age it was just such a safe space for me um and i uh so i think that's why it is that way now um yeah so
1: as an adult i think one of one of the things that one of the things that i like about the barney story and that is inspiring about the barney story is that because of this kid centered approach this was not something that people thought would work mm-hmm. and it it really, yeah. they had to find those specific people who could help, who understood the vision and could help build it up. And for then sure. w- even when it was coming time to for PBS, if you've read, um, Larry Rifkin was the, uh, pro- what was he? Executive of Programming at um, yeah. CPTV when yep. Barney was, he was the one who brought Barney to PBS. And Barney was in competition with Sherry Lewis Chop. And mm-hmm. with Shining Time Station, which was Thomas the Tank Engine. And every, the idea, this was before PBS Kids. This was before the whole morning was dedicated to kids programming. Mm-hmm. They were under the impression that they would only be continuing one of these shows. And everybody, nobody even paid attention to Barney. And then it mm-hmm. came out and it exploded. And, yeah that's really cool that if you, if you have this idea and you really believe in it, you'll find people that can help make it work and it'll find its audience. That's, that's a really cool inspirational thing for me to think about. It really is. And, and yeah. from
0: a small town in Texas, no less is what's right. even more amazing about it. And that's what kind of drove me to, to go ahead and kind of give the clubhouse. My all is I'm in a, yeah. a, in a small city in Omaha. I'm like the, where the biggest city Omaha is, I believe in Nebraska, but It's in the no one knows much about Omaha, Nebraska. It's one of those places that like people think it's just cornfields and not like a city or anything here. Um Uh but seeing that, like you're saying, something like this that has just worked. Um, and coming from not from Hollywood, not from New York, but this small town in Texas, um, with just the right people at the right time, um, Uh is super inspiring. Uh yeah. I think it should be it's a story that everyone should hear, whether you're a fan of Barney or not, because it, it's a really inspiring story that for me, it motivates me to keep just pushing along and hopefully one day this whole thing will, will work out because yeah. of the example that they've, they've set forth. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, thank you, Jen, so much for coming on the podcast. I hope we had a good time. Um, yeah, this was great. Yeah. Like I said, it was, you're one of the people on my list that I was really excited to, to talk to. And I know people are going to be excited to hear from you. Um, So thanks again for for being willing to do this this episode for us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, For the Barney History fans, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, Again, you can watch this now on YouTube. We're also on the Barney History fans website. Um, Spotify also has a video option where you can watch it. Um, Or if you're just someone who listens to podcasts, you can listen wherever you stream your podcast. It's on the major ones, I think, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, um so you can find them anywhere there if you haven't filled out that google form which is now on the website uh fill that form out if you would like to be a guest here on the podcast and who knows maybe we'll see you here in your spot of love um thanks again jen take care everybody